Come with me. We're going to Silicon Valley. The late 90s was a great time to be a fan of laser tag. And I guess it kind of makes sense. The mid and late 80s had seen the rise of the laser tag game that was sold by Worlds of Wonder, I believe, that had the iconic gun and vest and hat combo. Well used by the wrestler Lasertron. But again, this is the idea of the communal shared space activity, which is the basis for the entirety of amusement parks. There were two main types of laser tag arenas that popped up, I think starting in the mid to late 90s. One was Qzar, the other was Laser Quest. And between the two, you had a solid experience. So the idea was this, you had an arena in which you would start by getting a debriefing and you would be issued these vests and guns. And then you'd go into the arena and you'd have something like 30 seconds to get into position. And then you'd just start shooting at people. And it was good, clean fun. You had a marshal who was on there who could take you out of games and so forth. And this is sort of the second phase of the shooting at folk in an arena concept. Because you had paintball, which had a heyday in the 1990s, late 80s, early 90s. That sort of slacked a little bit and then re-rose as airsoft. But here, it was a much cleaner, much simpler, and honestly, much younger idea. You could take kids as young as three, four, five to a laser tag place. What happened, though, like all things, is costs caught up to them. And yes, there are still some laser places. Uh, laser Quest in San Jose, I think there's one in San Carlos. The one in Mountain View, across from the museum, where I'm currently recording this, certainly had one. But what happened was, one, redevelopment efforts all over the place. And you saw rents starting to skyrocket, which was the death of a number of amusement places. It's the same story, really, with Frontier Village. But with the Laser Tag Arena, I really think it was part of the death of the family thrill experience. Unless you can go truly over the top and give multiple family thrill experiences, like Great America, like the Boardwalk, and charge a premium for that, for the sheer number of experiences you can have, the sheer number of rides. We've been seeing these die out in Silicon Valley. And when I do episodes about Chuck E. Cheese and Bullwinkles and all the different theater groups that were doing that, they rise and fall happened a lot. I'll sort of discuss why family attractions have been dying out and having a brief, occasionally spectacular resurgence. The issue here is that it was a singular experience. You went there to play laser tag. And that was it. Which is fine. It's a great experience. It's a lot of fun. I loved I loved playing laser tag. Qzar was one of my favorites. But what's interesting about Laser Quest was it was more an experience of a larger scope. Because the arena was bigger. It seemed like also the, the actual time frames were longer. And the first time I did Qzar, or I did Laser Quest, was in Montreal. And it was great. I was Buckethead and they could not pronounce it. Uh, Buckethead, they said. And the second time was when they opened up the one in Mountain View. The game itself was so much fun. And I was never any good at it, but there were folks who were really good at it, who could just always get you. And you had time between, one of the favorite things was you had time between getting shot and then deactivating your laser so you could theoretically get a shot back. And of course, there were snipers who would just find a place that was sort of high up and pick people off down below. There was a guideline against running that almost always got broken. 
There were people who cheated by using duct tape or what they called spocking, where you just put your fingers in a V over the gun so you couldn't get shot, but you could shoot someone through your gun. Really, there was a whole bunch of little things that are now lost because who knows this stuff anymore? Laser Quest will probably survive a little while more. It's international. It's all over the place. I think it started in England, in fact. And I want to say it is headquartered now in Mississauga in beautiful Ontario, Canada, which, you know... I tend to think that the attractions that are more internationally based, that are broader, tend to last a little longer. But at some point, the land that they're on, the buildings that they occupy, are going to become too delicious to a developer. Possibly even to a city who might just want to devour, to rebuild, to redevelop. And I could see that happening here. Because it's a place for kids' parties, among other things. And it doesn't serve the greater tax good. Which is a shame. Because it's places like this that form memories that last. And I think more places for families are needed. Of course, I'm saying that as a dad to two completely rambunctious three-year-olds who just don't sleep. We need these places. And I think it's time we really started to consider what they mean to us. And moreover, what I've been doing with this podcast is what they mean to have lost. Because laser tag places just like Magic Eye or Magic Edge, just like all of that, are representing the dying concept of Silicon Valley's family zone. Because for every happy hollow that manages to reinvent itself and come back stronger, now it's more a zoo than an amusement park or a playground. There's a Bullwinkles. There's a Chuck E. Cheese. There's a Magic Edge. There's a Cusar. And I hate that. (laughs) 